I was 36 years old, taking my place as host of America's most popular late-night program, The Tonight Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This is kind of an emotional thing for me because I've known about this show for a long time. And the newspapers and the magazines, and I've probably been interviewed 150 times in the last nine months since I've known about this. As I say, you work up to it. We come over here this afternoon. We meet the guests that are on the show. And you get kind of charged up. I don't mean to be maudlin about it. But I know that tonight a lot of people, a lot of my friends are watching all over the country. And I only have one feeling as I, I stand here knowing that so many people are watching. I want my man there. <laughs> well, I made it through that first night with the help of Groucho Marx, Rudy Valley, Joan Crawford, Tony Bennett, and Mel Brooks. I could never have imagined I would walk through that curtain almost 5,000 times in 30 years. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. And now, here's Johnny! Thank you. That is, uh, that is, that is very, that is very kind of you. Thank you very much. I, thank you. I love you too. <laughs> we are, uh, around the studio so emotionally high from last night's show, we have not come down yet. And I want to thank Robin Williams and Bette Midler for last night for giving us the next to closing show. They were, uh, they were absolutely sensational. This show tonight is our farewell show. It's going to be a little bit quieter. It's not going to be a performance show. And one of the questions that people have asked me, especially last month, is what's it like doing The Tonight Show and what has it meant to me? Well, let me try to explain it. If I could magically, somehow, 
that tape you just saw, make it run backwards. I'd like to do the whole thing all over again. It has been... It has been... It has been a, just a hell of a lot of fun. Um, as an entertainer, it's been a great experience in my life, and I cannot imagine finding something after I leave tonight in television that would give me as much joy and pleasure and a sense of exhilaration as this show has given me. It's just very hard to explain. Now, we don't want the show to be mawkish. This is kind of, it's a farewell show. That is the opening of Johnny Carson's final Tonight Show broadcast yeah. 28 years ago tonight. And it's May 22nd, 1992. Hard to believe it's been that long. And I'll tell you, when I heard Ed McMahon do that introduction of him when he came out of the curtain this time, and on that broadcast, what they did, what you would have seen if you were watching that on video, is they showed over the years all these different times Johnny came out of the curtain. Yeah, that's uh, right. And then, of course, the final time when the roar of the audience comes up is when you're uh, hearing or is when he's finally coming out and, and seeing the audience uh, for that final broadcast. But but just hearing McMahon do his Here's Johnny that last time, it gave me goosebumps because yeah. it was such a, uh, a great experience to be a viewer to that program in, in, in that era. And we're really lucky to have yeah. uh, a great guest with us today. Yeah, we have Charlie Barrett. This is really great. He, he's such a gracious guy. He's the former NBC publicist. For Johnny Carson and The Tonight Show, Charlie's also the founder and president of the Barrett Company. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Uh, good morning, gents. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Oh, Special you're very day welcome. always, May 22nd. What? Uh, I know you came aboard the show in, uh, in the late 70s. What surprised you the most about working with Johnny? Well, you know... Um, you see an hour each night of of a show that is was really the nation's security blanket in that era. Um, the show to go to at eleven thirty. So many children were even conceived uh, <laughs> over the years, in which he used to make jokes about. But uh, I guess the special thing about it was, to me, it struck me as how well it worked, um, how well organized it was, and and how professionally uh, everything was carried out. Uh, Mr. Carson was a bit of a perfectionist, and um, he had a really good a team, really good team assembled um, behind uh, the doors, and uh, it just ran so well. Uh, there were only a couple of times we had to do a couple of pickups with uh, some guests uh that were a little uh, off off color but uh it just <laughs> worked it, so well were, um, now were those female ho- female guests that he picked up uh no, i'm kidding <laughs> he seemed no, to have done no, that was, a few uh, times actually, though uh, Penn and teller was the one i remember mostly and i don't know what the problem was it didn't seem like anything yeah off color to me but the nbc censor oh, sitting in censor, the green yeah. room with me um and other uh guests uh thought it was uh, wasn't right so they did a pickup which meant that they went back at six thirty, kept the audience in and uh did the run through again with them guesting so but that, but it just worked so well i mean it was uh there were like 105 people including myself that worked on the show wow and um you know both in front and behind the cameras and uh the producers right down to the uh the cable guys that pull cable so it it just worked so well, and I was uh, to step into a, a job like that. Um, uh, 
a show that was legendary already, of course, and had been on the air for, I guess, since 1954 or 53, and in there somewhere, um, that it just worked so well, and uh, everything was uh, smooth. And, and, uh, of course, uh, John, as you know, it was the most profitable show on NBC at the time. Yes, it was, most most definitely. Uh, It was earning, uh, even in those days, it was earning well over a million dollars a night in commercials. Wow. Wow. Within one hour, um, you know, a 15-second spot was earning, I think, 85,000, something like that. And um, so, yeah, it was a big moneymaker, and uh, it was uh, just a great show to go to at 11.30. And he, of course, reigned in late night for decades, Uh there were so many people that tried to come up against him. Right, all yeah, those challengers. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought it was so, hilarious it, when he said in his monologue that night, uh, if we had played it a little later or longer, uh, you would have heard him talking about the fact and joking. And he, he never had a problem with poking a little fun at the owners either because he, no. <laughs> he, he did a joke about, uh, uh, you know, finally hitting the epitome of his career when uh, General Electric had made him the employee of the month uh, that month. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, he did that often. No, he, he really he really knew how to pace humor. He had a great sense of humor and a, ta- a taste for humor. And uh, he just played it well. And, you know, I don't think anyone ever came close to uh, the level that... Uh, that he attained uh, as a late night host. Do you think he part really of that late night television really? Do you think part of that was the fact that he was not only a comedian and uh, a television personality; he had been a broadcaster. Or, you know, or he started in radio, right? Exactly. And so and he the voice radio. he had that he had that smooth voice, and uh, which uh, you know is a lot different than today. Most of the uh, late night talk show hosts are all comics. Yeah, and they yeah. mix politics with it. Right, right. Well, he mixed, Nothing, he mixed yeah. politics in, too, but in a very kinder and gentler way than is done today. And, yes. And, in yeah. fact, uh, here's an example. When uh, former President Richard Nixon actually showed up uh, very early on on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh, well, first, let me tell you your assets. You're young, 42, right? Right. <laughs> uh, you come over on television like gangbusters. And boy, I'm the expert on how important that is. <laughs> You're not going to lend me your makeup, uh, man, are you? you, you uh, no, I'm going to lend you Johnson. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you would I expect. Love it. Yeah. 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 Is, uh, he, he was a master at just interviewing people. And I think the magic that worked was that he let them talk. That he never kept interrupting them and trying to grab the camera. Um, yeah, it's like many do today. So. It seems that uh, today, it's more about either, you know, just totally trying to compete with somebody who is your guest, or on the other hand, mm-hmm. yes, just playing up to him so much, you know, and sucking up. And I never saw that from Johnny. I really didn't. No. No, no. I, I think he would appreciate a guest, if the, particularly if they were comic, uh, comics, and there were a great number of them, as you know, that came on, um, that he would laugh uncontrollably, um, particularly uh, Jonathan Winters <laughs> and, and Williams. I think that duo together on that show in the 80s was 
probably one of the best shows that we ever did. Speaking and of we which, we had them on several times together. Yeah, here's here here was one appearance by Robin. I'm, oh my God, I'm okay now. I'm out here, Mama. I'm on TV <laughs> for my friends in San Francisco. How are you? <laughs> I remember that show very well. Yeah. It was it was uh, Christmas '87, I believe it was just bef- just before Christmas. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was. And Robin uh, uh, would sit in the green room uh, before he went on. That must have been uh, quite an act in and of itself. It, it was. It was. You know, he sat way over in the corner, and he he looked like he was talking to himself. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, yeah, I was. Tom Selleck was there also, uh, sitting over in the other corner, and he kept looking over at uh, Robin, and as if he wanted to come over and say hello. And uh, Robin just kept dropping his eyes down, and uh, the, the message was, "I want to be alone." Um, yeah, it was very memorable. Charlie Barrett is our guest, and uh, he was for many, many years working at the side of Mr. Johnny Carson, who I think was the greatest host ever of the Tonight Show. And, that question. And uh, we'll continue our conversation with him in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Coachella Valley Live. I'm John McMullen. And I'm Kevin Gillette here on iHub Radio. want to know what happened and why and what's next in the Coachella Valley come here McMullen and Gillette two great tastes that taste great together on iHub Radio 22 minutes past the hour on this free speech Friday Kevin we have Charlie Barrett returning uh, this hour to talk uh, more about Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show and Charlie's the founder and president of the Barrett Company. So you're still doing some uh, some PR stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. You, I, I when I left the Tonight Show, um, you know, thirty almost thirty years ago, I uh, uh, started my own little PR firm in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I'm still very actively involved um, with the TV Academy and some other things yeah it's uh he's low-key about it but he, he's involved in a lot of things uh now you told me we've always heard that johnny was low-key off the air and and kind of shy but you've told me some stories in, in the past tell us about how just how shy johnny could be especially if there was uh, maybe people touring yeah. the nbc facilities when yeah, he right. was uh, wanting yeah. to leave yeah, or? yeah um I think um, one one what really comes to mind uh, for me was the David Letterman had come to uh, NBC in Burbank. Uh, we had set up a Rolling Stone magazine cover shoot, and um, uh, David had flown in from New York and uh, he uh, had come to the uh, studios, 
I guess it's about one o'clock in the afternoon, thereabouts, one or two o'clock. And um, we went into rehearsal hall H, which is right across from Studio One where we did the, the Tonight Show. Uh, so we had, you know, we're in there when we're about an hour or two and we got all the pictures we needed, um, for the cover for Rolling Stone. And we were, we had, there was a point where Johnny said to me, um, please get me out of here. I, 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 I got to get back to the office. So often when we were on the lot, um, he would call me to have him walk him around, uh, if he had to go anywhere because he'd be flooded with, uh, even many employees would come up, um, on the lot and asked for an autograph. And, but anyway, we came out of the rehearsal hall and we bumped right into an NBC tour uh, of about 50 people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought he was going to freak out, um, but he handled it really well. Mm. But for a very short time, very short time, he gave a couple of autographs and uh, he said, well, I've got to go back to work and uh, do tonight's show, so excuse me. And uh, he scooted down the hallway. And his office actually was, it, we call it the Carson Bunker. It was right underneath the stage of Studio One. And it was a huge suite of, of, of offices he had. And it was all done. His, his own private office was massive. Hmm. It would sit probably 30 people at a meeting easily. Jeez. And uh, had these, this cream-colored uh, couch that went around the entire room. Uh, against the wall and a uh, sectional couch and this massive coffee table. And uh, he would go down there, and then he would go through the whole show in advance each, each, each day. But yes, he was very much like that. Um, I had an occasion uh, several times to go to a lot of parties that he was invited to, and he would show up uh, kind of early sometimes, uh, and he would go over in the corner and, and put his back to the crowd and talk to someone that uh, that he knew very well and, and would never stay very long. Hmm. That is, that's so interesting. He was just very uncomfortable um, in a social situation. I don't, I never asked why, but... Uh, he kept it, it all for pretty, the stage, I guess. Huh? Yeah, he just came alive with a TV camera and uh, a totally different person. Um, and he wasn't like other hosts who would go and do stage shows like, you know, at casinos or other uh, entertainment venues, right? He never no, really not, did the no, circuit not type those of thing. No, and early on he was doing that. And, of course, Ed did that a lot. Um, he played Debussy Fields. And other characters that a lot of times in Las Vegas, uh, uh, you know, venues that he did. Um, but no, um, uh, he he never did that. Once he got to become the host of the show in 62, um, those days are pretty much over. He may have done it once or twice in Las Vegas, but I, I, yeah. I suspect maybe. But uh, by the time I arrived in the late 70s, no, 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 no longer. Did he socialize in his own, you know, home with a lot of these people who were the people he rubbed elbows with on stage? Well, there was a famous Thursday night poker party that went on. Okay. <laughs> and it was a select group that went, and it was uh, usually Michael Landon, who was a neighbor uh, in Malibu, and Chevy Chase, and uh, a few others. Um, but it was all men, and um, they would meet, uh, I think it was once a month on a Thursday, third Thursday of the month and uh, they would play poker and uh, other little games you know I'm glad that you mentioned Michael Landon because after we take the news break uh, we'll hear from Michael Landon and uh, also yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, another clip with Jane Fonda Billy Crystal oh yeah and uh, 
the late Robert Kennedy uh, will also be one of those clips that we'll share with you and we'll continue uh, this conversation. And if you'd like to ask a question yourself, you're welcome yeah. to call in at 760-574, or I'm sorry, 544-8255. That's 760-544-8255. Or they can send us a text, yeah. Yep, at 760-699-0202. Charlie Barrett is joining us. All right, it's Kevin Gillette. And John McMullen. Right here on iHub Radio. weather, truth, and fun. We're homegrown in the Coachella Valley. McMullen and Gillette on iHub Radio. All right, we are back, and we have a special guest. Charles Barrett is here with us today, and uh, you worked uh, for many years as the publicist for Johnny Carson and The Tonight Show. We're kind of remembering how great a show it was because this is the 28th anniversary of the final Tonight Show that happened in 1992. I had a friend, by the way, that, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, it was still VCRs. People used VCRs to record shows and back in the 90s, in the early 90s. And as soon as he heard about it, two or three months off, he started recording uh, every night, you know, every yeah. Carson show. And uh, I think eventually, though, you know, because of the technology changes and maybe they got heated up, it, it just didn't come out too good. You but know? you know was, what? I think, and, and tell me what you think, Charles, uh, that uh, Johnny's version of The Tonight Show, the show that he hosted and the guests that he had and the bits that they did, uh, I think are so evergreen. And, and that's why it's probably worked in those sets that they've sold of Carson's, you know, greatest moments, uh, that, you know, it's, it, it's, right. it, it lives today as well as it did, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Most assuredly. Yeah. There's a, a lot of postings, um, all of the social media, of a lot of YouTube material that people have set, put up there. And, uh, uh, yeah, it really is timeless. And, um, I think also is the, the level of professional, uh, entertainers that the show would have, um, compared to today's uh, level um, and the guests that are appearing on late-night television, mixing politics uh, with uh, the show and uh, become very political. And also Um, the parody, don't you think? All the... uh, Yeah. There's like too much... uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the thing that really jumps out to me is probably uh, uh, Jimmy... uh, Is it... Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he worked so hard at trying to be just as clever and just as funny as his guests. And 
and uh, yeah, it's just right. a different, yeah. you know, no knock on him. You know, he's a funny guy, but it's just, it doesn't give you the feeling of like, this is the guy that's going to kind of, I mean, I remember uh, sometimes we'd be out, a bunch of us, and a friend of mine would say, hey, let's stop back over at my house, grab a beer, and watch Carson's monologue, and then we'll head back out. Because it was about time for Carson, right, you know, it was about right. 1130. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anybody today that, uh, you know, has that power. No, no. Well, and you never the... knew really Carson's politics because he could no. jab all sides and do it in such a, uh, uh entertaining way. He that, did, yes. That it You're was exactly still polite. Right. And, uh, he, um... He told once, uh, Mike Wallace did a 60-minute interview with him, one of the few interviews he ever, ever did, because um, he would do none for me. It was my job to keep the press away, um, the prying eyes. But uh, he, um, you know, once told Mike Wallace that uh, once an entertainer starts mixing his personal politics uh, with uh, hosting a show, that, that you know, he's in trouble or she's in trouble. And... Uh, and I still, uh, you know, believe that personally. Um, uh, he had a blend of being able to keep it in the monologue, uh, and I think he'd have a lot of fun if he was around today. I saw that uh, interview. With what's, um, you know, playing out there in this shutdown that we have. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it would be very tricky, um, you know, doing humor, given the humor and economic, uh, and the, the human carnage and the economic carnage, it had to be, very, very careful how you would play that. But I think he would have a lot of fun with it. If I, if I uh, recall from that interview, he ended it uh, in a very uh, humorous way, too, because he was asked uh, what he would have on his gravestone and uh, the headstone. And uh, I believe he answered, I'll be right back. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah he, he, had a, he had that sense of humor. It was, it was matchless. And... Uh, yeah, I think if he was around today, you know, the monologue that he would be doing. Um, I was speaking earlier this week to Ray Siller, and Ray was Johnny's uh, head writer uh, mm. for the show. Okay. And he lives now in New York, but uh, we were talking. Uh, he's a friend of mine, has been for years. But we were we were thinking, what would a monologue be like uh, if uh, he were around today and given uh, this lockdown, this virus that has, has got us all uh paralyzed here um but i'm sure you know it would be something like this it would be a lot to do with uh trump's a recurring monologue would be a lot of trump's bragging right and, and biden's cognitive decline and yeah, uh, yeah. he might even do a you know a pre-taped debate between trump and biden playing both of them because he did that with uh with uh playing reagan debating carter i remember uh, that yeah in 1980 yeah, yeah. And or you know he might even insert himself in the in, a, in the press pool as a, like a Jim Acosta type reporter asking personal, you know, wily inappropriate questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> or you... is Trump in a press conference boasting of his administration's progress with Dr. Fauci, uh, maybe trying to you know correct him, then I turn on Fauci, yeah. make fun of his height, weight. Uh, and, and then have him dragged off. Uh, uh, he, he, and, and I could see him playing Biden of uh, something like uh, from his Delaware basement with all the gaffes, technicals, you know, snafus, uh, distractions from the the garden in the back there, and uh, maybe having uh, 
Hunter Biden walked through with two gold bars. Uh, putting, <laughs> you know, That's great. Putting, putting it into a, a safe in the wall or something. So something like that. You know, uh, leaving to the audience. Yeah, you got to write I that stuff down. You got some good ideas. Here. Yeah. Well, earlier you mentioned uh, the neighbor uh, that played uh, cards on Thursday night, uh, Michael Landon. Uh, yes, here's one of right. his appearances on the Tonight Show. You guys, you guys never had any girlfriends in there at all, did you? Huh? You're four grown men in that. You never had any girlfriends. You're out on that ranch all by yourself? I'm not yeah, there were a lot of rumors. A lot of rumors about that. There were. There I'm were just a lot of rumors about the Cartwrights being homosexual. There were a great you deal. Are, I didn't mean that. I wasn't and, uh, and I am here to set the record straight. We were not. <laughs> Thank God Hop Singh was. <laughs> <laughs> of course, making reference to his days on uh, Bonanza. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was a great guest on the show. You yeah, know? he was, and one of one of our favorites. You know, that's the uh, thing. That that seems to be the thing is he had he had this unique group. Some were more well known than others. That you knew that when he got a couple of those guys together, it, it was just going to be crazy. It was yeah, going to be yeah. funny stuff. Billy yeah, Crystal. I, I think Winters was one of our favorite guests. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, we try to get Cary Grant many times, and the, the line was, uh, I don't do chat shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he turned us down uh, many times uh, over the years. But, uh, yeah, it was a special group of, um, of special friends that he had. Of course, Don Rickles yep. fit into that uh, group, and he was on several times. Uh, Burt Reynolds, I guess, was kind of uh, in that uh Yes, that mix. most definitely. Uh, <laughs> he, had one, he had one episode where he had Bert's ex-wife, uh, Lonnie Anderson, and he ends up wrapping his arms yeah, right, around right, her, right. and he's like right. he's like licking her neck and all this. And, <laughs> and the, see, it was very, very funny. But uh, here's one with Billy Crystal. John, from the bottom of my heart, deep inside my body, not Tommy Grimes. Clear with that. John. <laughs> To say it to the king, I told you, the silver fox sitting here, John, you look marvelous. Does he not look at that? <laughs> now, uh, Carson yeah. also did one let my huh? some blue, at least for the era, uh, blue stuff did make it through <laughs> yeah. to TV. And, and here's an example of that when uh, Jane Fonda was uh, sitting on set with him. Yeah. I got to ask you something. Sure. Last night, my son, uh, you know, you were talking about Zsa Zsa Gabor earlier. Yeah, everybody's talking my about son said, you know, she was on Johnny Carson's show one time. She came there with a cat on her lap. And she said to you, do you want to pet my pussy? <laughs> said that you said uh, I'd love to if you'd remove that damn cat <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one yeah, yeah. oh man just a lot uh, of great moments uh, uh, yeah there was uh, you know 5,000 shows uh, almost wow. uh, that are uh, you know he owned the shows from 72 through 92 uh, he owned all those shows and wow. uh, the ones previously that were done in New York um, NBC lost a lot of them. They had them stored in a warehouse, and there was a fire in, in this warehouse in New Jersey. Oh. They didn't, never had any idea how valuable that stuff That's was. That's ridiculous, uh, yeah. Yeah, and oh, uh, he, uh, all of those shows that he owns the, uh, from 72 until he finished, they're all stored in a salt mine in Missouri. Yeah, they um, did it the right way. Yeah, and... Um, now, they play on, I'm not sure, but I remember... Uh, at one time, I was watching. I think it's called the Antenna. 
Antenna TV. Right. Antenna yeah. TV, and you can mm-hmm. watch the show. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I can't get Antenna TV. That's the thing. Like, why yeah. don't they put it on a on a bigger network? I mean, yeah, I I, uh, I, I don't understand that. What at that's the very about, least, streaming these days. Yeah, but yeah, what a great uh, would, because there's definitely an audience for it. Um, even even new and young um, viewers uh, were, were very just uh, there's a mystique about the car scenario. Well, what I loved about it too, nostalgic now is there was breathing room on that show. You know, in other words, right. things didn't have to happen. You know, bam, bam, bam. I mean, he would have a guest and they'd have a discussion. It wasn't just a you know a little you know one liner and then show right. Uh, right. their latest movie or something. You know, a film club. Uh, he liked to let them talk and. Uh, that's what he was so good at, and uh, getting them to talk and asking questions that opened them up. Charlie, um, yeah. Kevin was sharing with me that you also worked with Mr. McMahon after the show. I did, yes, for several years Yeah. after the show finished. Um, he did Star Search, as you probably remember, uh, concurrently with The Tonight Show when he was uh, with, with the Johnny. And then when The, the Tonight Show finished in 92, uh, Star Search ran through 97, uh, and it was produced on at Walt Disney World, and I handled that show, the PR for that show, and I also handled Ed's personal uh, PR. And I must say, a lovely guy, um, one of my favorites ever, and uh, gracious, intelligent, um, a he, real gentleman. And he, he was a, like it, a yeah. true gentle giant. Yeah, he really was, and uh, very kind, very humble, yeah. and always took time to uh, sign autographs and, and treat the little people when he traveled. The people that he would check into a hotel and he would always take care of them, uh, the chambermaids and he would give them a huge tip, even if it was for one night. And uh, he was such a, a delightful guy. Uh, I can't sing his praises enough because we became very close friends. And uh, <clears throat> it was um, very sad the way he, he ended up in the end. Uh, yeah. Uh, with illness, and um, he had some some financial problems, doing some based really based upon some bad investments that uh, went went awry. And uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, you know. Uh, well, it's great to relive these memories from something yeah, that's such a yeah, huge part yeah, I, of pop culture in our lives. Yes, it is, and uh, I I could see uh, today if with if he was doing a show tonight. I, I, I was sitting imagine what kind of show could it might be. Uh, of course, it would be, um, you know, him from the house in Malibu. And maybe he would have Ed fetching his slippers. <laughs> in, <laughs> and, his uh, tennis, you know, in his uh, tennis clothes. And, 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 uh, and maybe checking the freezer where, he, where his guest hosts were and stuff like that. It would be, it'd be wild and waves crashing on his place in Malibu. And, oh, yeah. you know, it would be, he would make the most of it. And, thank, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope we can do I it like, again. I like iHub. I like what you're doing there. It's, Thanks. Uh, community radio is really, really vital in it, making a connection to a community, and I think we've lost a lot of that. Yep. Uh, hey, thanks well, so much, thanks Charlie. Thanks so much, Charlie. We're going to take a break here. We'll be back to wrap up today's show. Have a few final thoughts. I'm John McMullen. And I'm Kevin Gillette on iHub Radio. <laughs> 